I think right now the most challenging part is the six and three-year-old. Like when we ask them to do something, like they like to say no or you're not my boss or I don't want to. You're listening to the Mindful Parenting Podcast, episode number 431. Today, we are having a special on-air coaching episode. We're going to talk about cleanup boundaries and the you're not my boss, child. Welcome to the Mindful Parenting Podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Parenting, we know that you cannot give what you do not have, and when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark-Fields. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 25 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting course, and I'm the author of the international bestseller, Raising Good Humans, and now Raising Good Humans Every Day. 50 Simple Ways to Press Pause, Stay Present, and Connect with Your Kids. Welcome back to the Mindful Parenting Podcast. So glad you're here. We have a special honor coaching episode. I hope you enjoy these episodes. So if you enjoy them, please do us a favor and just share the Mindful Parenting Podcast with one friend. Tell them about it. Tell them they should subscribe and listen every week because it can really help them. And that is a great way to support this podcast. And me, I thank you. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. This episode, this episode is all about what do you do when your kids won't clean up? How about when you follow the advice of parenting coaches and it still doesn't work? So I'm going to talk to Brandy about her three-year-old daughter and her six-year-old being defiant about cleaning up. We're going to talk about how to respond to the you're not my boss. And you might be very surprised at the advice. So join me at the table for this on-air coaching session with Brandy. Do you want to stop yelling and have your child listen to? Well, I have exciting news for you. If you're hearing this right now, it means that the doors to Mindful Parenting are open at mindfulparentingcourse.com. This only happens for a limited time, and it may be perfect for you if you want to be that patient, calm parent, but you're afraid of being walked all over, you're losing it, and you want to be that steady, peaceful parent, you don't have a cohesive method, and you take in bad advice like just count to one, two, three. Mindful Parenting is an evidence-based system that not only teaches you how to calm your reactivity, but offers you a ton of personal guidance. A lot of other parenting coaches talk about the best way to respond to your child, but guess what? They don't walk you through the research-proven practices that it really takes to create changes that actually last. Mindful Parenting teaches you the specific steps to create cooperative, loving relationships for life. In Mindful Parenting, you can learn how to stay calm, even if you find yourself shouting hourly now. Be present for your child, no matter what they're going through. Resolve conflicts easily without yelling or taking away the iPad. Set limits without your child resenting you for days afterward. And build trust between you and your child so that you avoid misery in the teen years. 
The doors are open now at mindfulparentingcourse.com. Unlike other programs in Mindful Parenting, we offer one-on-one coaching to every member and weekly drop-in coaching sessions. Don't wait anymore. You and your kids are worth leveling up. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there. So hi, Brandy. Thank you so much for coming on the Mindful Parenting Podcast for on our coaching call. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. So I'm excited to talk to you. You know, you wrote in, you have some of the challenges that so many people deal with, hitting, tantrums, boundaries, so a whole host of stuff in there. But first, just tell us, um, tell us before we even start with anything about your family or whatever, what are some wins that you have? Let's just focus on the positive first. Okay. Um, I've actually been told by uh, my siblings that I've inspired them to uh, be better parents and to be better, like be a, like a better uncle. Um, and at one point, my brother told me that a couple years ago, he thought I was crazy for the way that I was parenting my kids. <laughs> and he's come a long way in his life now. And he's like, you're not crazy. You're doing great. Like you were right the whole time. And he was like, I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I'm inspiring them and I'm and I'm the baby. So that's that's exciting. Oh, that's so great. So it sounds like sounds like the way you and now your brother, too, are parenting your kids is probably different from the way you guys were raised. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Was was it like me, like lots of like authoritarian, like then there's like go to your room, don't cry, banking, that kind of stuff. Yep. All of that. Yeah. And it was um, mostly my dad who was like that. And uh, my mom was like more of our friend than a parent. Um, So it was it was hard to know, like, what was actually like a a good parent, like a normal, like, you know, in between parent, like not Mm -hmm. so hard on us and not so easy on us. Like, so it's been a it's been a struggle trying to figure out a happy medium. Like to not be like so angry and not be like, oh, let's just be friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're looking for that middle path between authoritarianism and permissive because that's what like some parents happened. Like they were like, I don't want to yell at my kids and be horrible to them. So then we may not have boundaries. And that actually is its own whole set of problems. But, you know, if you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. Right. So they're they're doing what they can do. So tell us a little bit about your family that you have. Um, so I have a fiance and we've been together for eight years and I had custody of my niece and nephew when me and my fiance met. So, um, I have my niece and nephew and then me and my fiance have three kids. So we have a 17 year old, a 16 year old, a six year old, a three year old and a one year old. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's so that's a huge range of kids. 17 and a, to one. That's like, yeah, you basically, you practically have like, well, you have built in babysitters. That is great. I mean, hopefully 
that works out for you. But um, yeah, but that that's a huge range. Well, that's okay. That's the tools that we use are actually like, you know, applicable to one to 17 and beyond. So that's good. Okay. All right. So let's say good breath. Okay. What are the challenges? What you wrote to me with a bunch of different challenges. Maybe we should focus on the one that is like the the most challenging for you right now. Uh, I think right now the most challenging part is um, the six and three-year-old like to say, like when we ask them to do something, like they like to say no or you're not my boss or I don't want to. Um, and I feel like the first couple times I'm very good at like explaining exactly what needs to be done and why, because I feel like the more information you give, the more likely they are to be like, oh, okay. But the more time that passes, they're just like, hmm, I don't care what kind of information you give me. I don't want to. Okay. And I'm, I find myself getting really frustrated. That's incredibly frustrating. Because you're like, you're like, I'm trying to be skillful here. I'm trying to, you know, but okay. So I'd love an, a specific example of like when, you know, with something concrete that's happened. Okay. Um, so last night before the boys were supposed to get in the bath, I said, it's time to clean up the playroom and then we'll get in the bath. And the six-year-old was like, mm, the, the playroom's not dirty. And then the three-year-old was like, I don't want to. Mm. So, like, I I bend down, like, on their level, and I'm like, nobody can walk through the playroom right now because there's floors all, or there's toys all over the floor. Mm. So, mommy needs you to pick up your toys before we get in the bath because after bath, it's snack time and then bedtime. Mm-hmm. And so, they're like, uh, I don't want to. So I repeat myself again and then they're like, okay. So I'm like, okay, they're going to clean their playroom. They listened, right? So I walk away and to tidy up the kitchen and I come back and they're just sitting there playing and I'm like, hey, I'm going to try this again. (laughs) And they just, they just kept playing and eventually I yelled at them and then they were like, oh, she wants us to clean up. And then they cleaned the playroom and I was like, Thinking to myself, like, why do I have to yell for you to listen? I don't want to yell at you. Yeah, yeah. That sounds really frustrating. Well, first, I want to, like, good for you. Like, you're you're being very skillful. Like, you're crouching down at their level. You're making sure they're paying attention to you. You're giving information. These are all, like, really good things to do. So you're on the right track. I'm just going to help you tweak a little bit because you're doing really good. Okay? Okay. Um, So high five. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we talk about like, I, I'm going to give you some ways to kind of adjust your message and make it a little more um, effective. But uh, the first thing I just want to look at is like, what is the state of the playroom? Is it, oh, do you have so many toys that like they can't put it away in themselves, like uh, that it's overwhelming for them? Like, could it be simplified so that there's, you know, like when I think of like what I want to see generally like the ideal scenario, right, that almost like none of us have, right? But the ideal scenario, you have a, a shelf 
or two. There's like maybe like six toys that are out. They have space around them. We're not talking about giant piles. But this is not what most people have. So I'm not, no, no, I'm not judging if you have way more than that. So, but tell me about the state of the playroom. Is it in a a way that they can put away easily? Okay. Um, Honestly, that's one of the things that I struggle with is how many toys they have and Mm -hmm. um, like how many toys we bring into the house and like get rid of and what they play with and what they don't. Um, Because we have like a really long shelf with three um shelves <laughs> and then we have another shelf with three shelves and they're completely full mm. and they just dump everything and just like shove it and i've gotten to the point where i'm like you know what if you're cleaning it it's fine it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be perfect or organized or anything shove it if you want like as long as sure clean. yeah 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 um but i i feel like they're, they probably do get overwhelmed because their little sister, the one-year-old, will pull every piece uh, of toy off every shelf. Stay tuned for more Mindful Mama podcasts right after this break. I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And this season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. So I checked out the episode on the difference between IEPs and 504 plans because my daughter Maggie uses a 504 plan and it was really, really helpful. It went over all the differences, which one's better, how to get them, different myths and what your rights are, all kinds of different things that you should understand if your child may need extra help in education through an IEP or a 504 plan. The tone is super helpful, friendly, and smart. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains. We are supported by Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as Math Mysteries About True Histories. It's a weekly show full of time travel puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. I highly recommend this podcast. It's really wonderful, especially if you have kids like around like six plus, but it can totally be enjoyed by the whole family. So I listened to the episode, The Pirate Queen, and you're just dropped right in the middle of the action. People are fighting. There's sword fight. And then these kids, they've gone on a time travel mission and they have to solve problems in the midst of it. And it really just like exemplifies everything we support here at Mindful Parenting. You know, kids who are adventurous, doing things on the world, they're capable. And then they do things like they have to do math, they have to think critically, they have to code break and pattern solving and all this great stuff. Beyond just the Pirate Queen episode, which I highly recommend, episodes transport listeners to moments in history, too, like Pythagoras, Ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. 
So jump in with your family, follow the adventures of Max and Molly on an adventure through time with puzzles and hidden equations and laughs, and it really does make learning really fun and really cool. Perfect for ages six and up. New episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. And you can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. That's Mysteries About True Histories. Okay, so uh, we want to make them as prepare them for success as much as we possibly can. So with a playroom, it's I am going to encourage you to like cut the number of toys in half and then cut the number of toys in half again. Like literally... Like, and you can do it with them there. You can do it without them there. It's kind of up to you. You're going to just call it decluttering. You're going to take the toy. I mean, if there's stuff that's like broken or you find really annoying, just goodwill those. They're out of here, right? Like anything, like if that drives you, you hate the sound of it, just get rid of it. It's fine. You're allowed to do that. Um, If it's a beloved toy or you're just not sure or whatever, if you have a garage or basement, just like a closet like make a toy purgatory okay okay and you're gonna put 75 percent of the toys in toy purgatory like next week sometime and then you're gonna say oh my gosh i've cleaned your playroom i decluttered it for you what do you think here you go guilt i don't know why but like i'm the kind of person that feels bad like oh but they play with this toy oh but they like that toy or memo and papo bought that toy and <laughs> I'm really bad at that. So this will give me the motivation I need to just be like, you got to do it. You got you got to get rid of it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I give you permission. Put it all in toy purgatory. You can bring stuff back that they asked for, of course, but try to like keep it to a minimum and just keep um keep things like that are that are pretty open ended. Keep the basics, keep the blocks, keep the, you know the some stuffed animals and scarves and whatever you know like keep that basic stuff that can be used for a lot of different things um and then what's nice about this is that you can rotate in and out so then like in a month when they say oh i'm bored you can be like great i have a whole new set of toys for you here you go they're like mommy i love you okay great so (laughs) sounds good Okay, good. All right. And that's great because what's so nice about this is that you're just setting up the environment to make them successful. You know, it's like if you drives you crazy that your kid is asking you to get you a cup of water all the time, you just set up like a sturdy pitcher and cups where they can get it themselves. Right. So. Right. And when you simplify the environment, you just let the environment do some of the work for you. So that's really good. It's kind of like baby proofing, like you're proofing yourself from like some of this level of this frustration and overwhelm by just reducing the number of toys and making it a more decluttered environment. And most likely this is what happens in mind, inside mindful parenting. When people do this, it's like part of the curriculum that we do this in module eight. Right. And um, it uh, most likely the, your kids will be like, this is great. Like they it's generally it's like been universal. I've yet to hear uh, a kid who was unhappy with this because it just the it's like if you think about it, a giant pile of toys like how much do they care about the thing in the middle right so they're gonna care a little bit more it'll be easier for them all right so we're cleaning the playroom gonna declutter it and so when you go in to say hey it's time to clean up um 
one of the things you said, you said, no one can walk in here with all these toys, right? So that's fine. That's true. When we're giving a message about the consequences of our kids' actions, right? We want, this is, we're, we're talking about I messages here, right? About it, like in Raising Good Humans, and, and we talk about it in mindful parenting. You want the consequences or the effects of this, of what's happening to be on you, the giver of the send, of the message, right? So you're the one sending this message, and basically your needs aren't being met here. You have a problem because you can't walk through this. So when you say no one, it feels a little bit more nebulous. You know, if I, um, you know, if, if I were to say to you, uh, I don't know, like, um, no one can... No one can walk barefoot, you know, through the living room because there's all this stuff there. You'd be like, okay, but if I said, hey, Brandy, I can't walk barefoot. Do you feel like the difference in that? I can't do this thing because yeah. of these this stuff. You, it's more, there's like a, a more palpable effect there, right? So you, I right. would encourage you to use I. Don't, okay. don't put yourself in the third person, say mommy, even, because then it's like, <laughs> you're not, you know. Just say me, like me, Brandy, mom, right? Like I'm the one. And I like this language of like I rather than calling yourself mommy in the third person because you're a person with needs and feelings and your kids need to learn that too, right? You're not just the role of mom. You're a person and you have needs and feelings and that's okay for you to express that. So see so when you go in, hey, we got to clean up. I'm going to hurt my feet if I walk through here. I'm afraid I'm going to hurt my feet when I walk through here. So we need to clean this up. Um, so I would try a message like that. Okay. Chances are they won't magically be like, oh, yes, mother. But of course, I'm running to go clean up my toys right now. Um, <laughs> and if you go back in and they, you know, they hadn't cleaned up, You've simplified, you've made it easier for them, you've given them a more effective iMessage, you know, then you can start to give them information about what, you know, that sequence of things that's going to happen. Like, hey, guys, like, I really want to do bedtime and stories. I want to have time for all our stories. So we need to clean up. And plus, I can't walk through here. You're going to just give that same iMessage again. I, it hurts my feet when I walk through here and stuff. Or if, if it's just a mess, for instance, I'm going to just say this also for the listener, like in your living room. And one of the needs that we have as people is to have a reasonably uncluttered environment, right? Because when our brains see clutter, it looks it looks like work, unfinished work. And it's actually like a stressor in our lives. And so we don't want we want to reduce the number of stressors in our lives as much as possible so that we can be calm and grounded and present for our kids and all and just because we should don't have to live our lives super stressed, right? So, you know, you can say something like, I can't relax and enjoy this space when there's all this mess everywhere. You know, so okay. that's another effect that the behavior has on you. All right. How's this landing with you, Brandy? Good. I'm just taking notes. <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah. I'm I'm a note taker. So like I can like remember and it can like sink in. So I gotta write everything down. <laughs> Okay, so what do you have so far? What are your steps? Um, cut the toys in half, then in half again. Um, keep 75% of the toys and rotate them if need be. 
No, um, no, keep 25%. Get rid of 75. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Good, we're checking on this. And then the 75% go in the closet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, and then... um. Then the I messages, like, I can't walk through here. I can't relax. Those are, that's important. And um, that's all I have. Okay. So let's imagine that this problem continues for some reason. You know, your kid has some big need to, is trying to, like, prove a point, get some autonomy by leaving their toys. It's become a battle, right? Or something like that, right? So let's imagine it gets worse just so we can go there and kind of see what would happen. Because I I can hear the listener saying, but that's not going to work with my child. And, oh, you know, so I, I can I know that because I've 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 said that to myself. Um, It's perfectly OK for like you to have a consequence with this. Like, buddy, this toy or whatever it is has been out for days and days and weeks and weeks. And I've been asking you, it's driving me crazy. I'm going to have to put this toy away for a little while if you can't take responsibility for it, right? So you're allowed to hold a boundary in a way that you need to hold a boundary, right? So it just needs to be, you know, make sense to what's happening, right? If there's something that your child is not being responsible with, fine to take away that thing, okay? I would not, and I'm I'm saying this at the very end of everything, because that is often our first go-to and that that should then it's like really, really a threat. You know, if you don't do this, then I'm doing that. And then they resent you, right? When we threaten. And we don't want threats are kind of unskillful, even though it's like the first thing that pops into my mind is a threat. Like what I'm frustrated. <laughs> Very first thing that pops into my mind. But use it at, you know, if you have if they're being, you know, use it at the after you've tried the other things, after you set them up for a success. After you've thought about, like, what are they needing? What's going on here? What needs of theirs are, are being met? And if they're still doing this thing that is impinging on your needs, needs and they're not using something responsibly, sure, take that thing away if you need to, right? So, um, and then what I would say is, okay, it's been a couple weeks. Do you want to try to bring this thing back? What do you think? How can I help you? How can we, how can we do better with this thing this time around. So like kind of invite them into the conversation. Okay. Cool. All right. I can do that. All right, cool. So I bet that makes you really happy when your six-year-old says to you, you're not my boss. (laughs) It's like, I feel like it's like a catch between, like, I just want to laugh. And then the other (laughs) part is like, excuse me? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you how do you respond to that? Because that that's definitely a very triggering kind of uh, statement for a lot of us. Honestly, this probably isn't the best route to go. Um, but I found that ignoring it mm. um, is better for me because like before I would be like, OK, well, mommy is here to keep you safe and and stuff like that. And so, like, I need you to do these things. And I would try to go that route and he would just, he likes to argue. Mm-hmm. And so now when he says it, I just ignore him and I'm just like, I'm not having this battle with you today. <sighs> so um, that's great. I think ignoring is a, is a good call in a lot of situations for this. <laughs> yes, you're not the boss of me. 
like walk away if you're getting frustrated, right? Ignore it. That's totally, there's so many things, so many of this, of, of the things with our kids can be solved by ignore it. So many things, in fact, that we had a, a guest on the podcast once come on and she had written a book called Ignore It, which you can find. It's like, <laughs> so, so you're doing good with that. I, you could also think about like in that situation, um, there is, uh, okay, in that situation, there's, he's expressing like frustration, right? And he's feeling, what do you think he's feeling in that situation? Um, I feel like he's feeling like, uh, like a sense of like, I, I don't want to listen to you because I like, I want to be my own boss and like make my own decisions. And, you know, like he's getting older and like getting, he's realizing more that he can do things on him on his own and stuff like that. And so I want to respect that. Mm -hmm. Not like, you know, put him down like, oh, I am your boss. Like, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have great instincts about this stuff, Brandy. Um, you're because you're seeing kind of what he needs and you're kind of thinking about that. So that's great. Um, so yeah, I think definitely ignoring it is fine, but you can also like practice then some like empathetic, reflective listening. Like, you're really frustrated when I say this to you, huh, buddy? You know. And he might say, Yeah, because blah, 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 blah. You could say, oh, yeah, it can be hard when you have to clean up and you're right in the middle of something. Like, just to give him that I see you and I hear you, you know, because when we can, um, our us being present for our kids and like really hearing them and really seeing them is really kind of like the best gift we can give them, right, is this, I see you and I hear you. And it's right. also you're then also modeling respect and you're modeling showing understanding of somebody's emotions. You're modeling empathy, right? So yeah. you can, in those moments, you know, if he says, you're not the boss of me, and you can say, oh, man, you're really frustrated right now, buddy, right? Or whatever it is. You can make a guess as to what he's feeling. Um, and that may drive him bananas. If so, go back to ignoring his <laughs> or he may feel heard and seen. Yeah. Um, kind of just depending on him and the circumstances that the that you're in there. Okay. Okay. All right, cool. Great. So what other challenges are happening? You said you're dealing with tantrums as well. Yes. Um the three year old or six year old? Three year old, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say it's both but they show their tantrums in different ways. Mm-hmm. So like the three-year-old, um, he he will say no, he will stomp his feet, you know, I don't want to, or he'll just like run away and ignore me. Um, it's all really fun things. Um, but, and sometimes, like some days, I can get to that space where I'm like, okay, like let's let's reconnect, let's bend down on his level, let's, talk through this and it'll be fine Mm -hmm. and then there are other days where no matter what i try or do i don't know he's just like in a mood and like Mm. nothing works with him so um i mean that's that's the biggest struggle with him right now is he he's just like becoming his own person and realizing he has a voice 
and he likes to use it. <laughs> three is a very frustrating age. I remember being like, three, ah, yeah, three is so frustrating. Um, and actually, like, what the um, researchers say is that, like, three and ages three and 13 are the big ages of separation. And I, there's definitely some similarities. Having now gone through 13 twice, which you have too, right? So, yeah. Three and thirteen have um, have a lot of challenges. Um, yeah, I you know, I guess he's also probably in a like I do it myself phase a bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm just trying to think about like, well, you, you know, in those situations where I think about, well, what's going on with this kid, right? Like, what what is the what is my kid needing in this moment? You know, when we have a moment to step back and reflect, maybe not in that moment, we're not always able to think that way. But then when we have a chance, we can step back and reflect and think about it. Um, And he probably wants a lot. He probably wants some autonomy. He probably feels like the baby because he's the baby of the family and wants to do things the big kids do. Probably, I imagine. Do you see a lot of that? Okay. Yeah, he's like caught between wanting to do what the big kids do and still wanting to be the baby because um like the one-year-old is the baby oh yeah and yeah, yeah sir so it's a it's a it's like a battle between himself he's like oh, i want to be grown but i want to be the baby and i i want you to hold me but i want to run <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah i think uh, the big picture, like your your task is just to kind of get through three with a, you know your relative groundedness and and not too much, not not an inordinate amount of freaking out. Um, yeah. um, but with him, you know, I guess what I would encourage you to do is like to accommodate as much of his I can I do it myself as I can. Like put a little hook down low for his jacket. You know, so that he can hang up his own jacket. Get yeah. that water pitcher that won't break down low that he can pour his own water. Get some, get like a spray bottle with some just white vinegar diluted a lot in a rag so he can clean up his own messes. All that stuff, like get get all that stuff there um, so that you can facilitate. Because this is actually like a really golden opportunity time for you to like, help him have him think you know that helping out is fun and interesting and right like don't give him an ipad and say go by yourself and watch the ipad while i clean up right like bring him in give him his own spray bottle let him spray the spray bottle with you know white vinegar which he could literally eat right so um okay yeah yeah all that stuff Stay tuned for more Mindful Mama podcasts right after this break. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. 
It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. So the tantrums, he's saying like, just basically know when you want him to, I don't know, put on his shoes or something like that. Or you yeah. got him the wrong color spoon. Yeah. Um, what was it earlier today? I wanted him to uh, get dressed. And normally he likes to pick out his own clothes and I let him wear whatever he picks out. Um, you know, it's not like snowing outside and he wants to wear swim trunks. Okay. So normally he likes to and today he was just like nope i don't want to and so i'm trying to get his sister ready and i'm like okay just get me a pair of pants let's just start small okay and he comes back in with a tank top and i was like that's close close (laughs) um how about something to wear on the bottom half of you and and then he comes back with underwear and socks and i'm like you're you're getting there buddy um and then so he finally has like a whole outfit and i'm like okay great let's get dressed and he's like i want you to do it and i'm like but you're you're a big boy you can do it yourself and he's like nope i can't (laughs) (laughs) and so like you know we'll go back and forth a couple times and then i'm like just give it here (laughs) let me do it (laughs) Yeah, this is such a frustrating gauge because, like, sometimes they can do it, you know, and and they can. And so you think, oh, great, I never have to do it again. No, (laughs) that's not true, right? Because authors are mentally and emotionally, like, basically infants, you know, in some ways, right? They're, they, they just, they're holding it together and then they're, they can't, you know, they just run out of juice for holding it together and they can't do it. And, um, and so, yeah, so in some of those moments, I wouldn't worry necessarily about him. Like, you know, our brain goes to like, what, he's never going to put on his own clothes, right? Like, that's where my brain would go to. I would just say, oh, you know, I would encourage you to say something like, oh, okay. Boy, it feels like getting dressed is hard. I'll help you out. Come on over here and we'll do it together. Help you pick some things out. Like, I wouldn't stress too much, uh, especially at this age, like about any of that stuff. Like in your mind, think of him as still an infant, more or less. You know, prefrontal cortex isn't developed until 
age 25, uh, fully developed. Okay, so that's that's our problem solving a part of our brain. That's our impulse control. That's all our higher order thinking. So he's really like, it's developing. He's learning a lot and growing so much. But he's he's just like, he'll have a moment when he's ready to make some of his own decisions, but it just won't be there all the time. And that's totally, totally normal. So if he's having a moment where he wants to be comforted and treated like a baby, don't call him, don't tell him, you know, you're a big boy sometimes. Just say, just say, oh, buddy, it's hard today. Okay, here, I'll come here and I'll help you put your pants on or whatever it is, right? Like, because you've got bigger fish to fry. You don't need to worry about this. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and then with the tantrums, when you're telling, when he's holding it together, like basically you want to think of him like he's holding it together, he's holding it together all day, and then he has no emotional regulation skills, right? Like we have to just help him soothe, help him soothe until ultimately he, you know, we and model it for him, be that grounded like solid mountain for him, and then. There will be times where it's just too much and it's just think of it as an emotional release. Like he's overwhelmed. It's just an emotional release. It has nothing to do with anything other than emotional release, which we all need sometimes, right? Like I bet you need it with these, how many children? Five? So I bet you're having a a time or two where you're just like crying on the bed too, like you're through your, right? (laughs) Because that's a lot of children to deal with. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so with your three-year-old and the tantrums, how is this kind of landing with you, this conversation? It makes sense. Um, I I mean, I've done like a lot of research on like how kids learn and how they listen and how to talk to them and stuff like that. And like I know I've heard and read like their brains aren't developed and stuff. Um, I just needed like a different approach because like my approach wasn't working Mm -hmm. and sometimes you just need to be reminded like Mm -hmm. he's he's still a little baby you know he might he might act like he's big but he's still he's still a little baby and sometimes you just need to be reminded of that yeah yeah I know I when you're in it day in day out it's hard to get that perspective and to to really see that that piece do you have all these, you know, these, you have a three-year-old and a one-year-old at the same time, as well as the six-year-old teenagers. It's all at the same time. Brandy, how are you taking care of yourself through this? How are you taking breaks? How are you grounding yourself? Uh, that's a great question. Um, that has been one of my biggest struggles since having kids, like, even getting custody of my niece and nephew, like I'm really bad at like asking for help. And, uh, you know, unless I had to work or something, I wouldn't ask people to help me with my niece and nephew. And then ever since having like my own children, I've stayed home with them. So I'm around them 24 seven. And uh, like, I almost felt like I was a bad mom if I left them. And just like this past year, I've, I don't know. I, I guess I just like hit rock bottom and I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like I have to do something for myself. Like I can't just be a mom. And that's why that's why I thought was normal. Like I thought like you, you just have to be a mom. Like that's what you're doing now. 
And so now, like, I'm trying to take breaks, like, for myself, like, once a week and do whatever I want to do for a couple of hours. And sometimes I go to the grocery and then other times I'm like, okay, I'm going to do something for me. I'm going to go, like, take a walk, like, in the park or, like, hang out with a friend Mm -hmm. and get coffee or something. Um, So that's been nice having that time, like, just for me and stuff. It's just, it's still hard for me to, like, not feel guilty when I leave. Well, if your kids, when they're older, would you want them to just feel like they had to do a job for 24 hours a day, six days, seven days a week with a three-hour break? Would you want them to feel like they had to do that and they weren't worthy if they didn't do that? No, I would not want them to feel like that at all. And you know, but let's use a a very obvious example. You know that your kids are great at doing what you do, right? Not what you say. This is why you probably try not to drop the F-bomb all around your house. Yeah. Because (laughs) it will be imitated, right? They're imitators. You may have had someone in your own life who was a self-sacrificer. You may have grown up in a situation where that was held up as noble and valuable. Is that so? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I come from a long line of like stubbornness and um, I guess just not really like paying attention to like your needs, but just kind of getting the job done in a sense. Uh, so yeah, like my dad was like that and his mom and her dad and yeah. Could you see in the examples in your own family, did it lead to any frustration, irritation, burnout and stress? Yes. Yeah. My, my dad was definitely like that a lot growing up. Uh, he was very angry and like mad at the world and, um, most of the time he took it out on us. Like it was our fault. Uh, he, he had four kids, so there's four of us. So he was constantly mad at us and like very short tempered and stuff like that. Yeah. And if he, yeah, you and you can imagine if he took time to take care of himself and to do some things that just filled his own cup that had nothing to do with being dad, that he might relieve some of that stress and actually be a better dad for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you, as a mom, you're here. You're you're on on air coaching call on the Mindful Baron podcast. So you obviously are wanting to do good for your kids. You're doing all this. You're reading all the books. You're reading about communication, how to respond. You're crouching down. You're doing some great things. But you, you know, you you don't want this to to lead to burnout and resentment, right? Yeah, no, I definitely don't want that. And like the the older my kids get, the more I realize that that's going to happen if I don't put myself first, which is hard for me. I have to put myself first in order to be the best version of me for them. Yeah, I can see it's even hard for you to say that. Yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um. Yeah, that idea of like, even people say that, oh, they're so selfless. Like the idea of the self-sacrificing parent is 
toxic in a lot of situations, right? Because it leads to people being burnt out. It really ultimately stems from like patriarchal ideas when women were, weren't valued, right? But we want our, you know, we, we want to model that each human is valuable and each human is worthy, right? And we want them, our kids to be comfortable in their own skin and at relatively at ease and not super stressed, right? So you need to show that to them. Yeah. I, um, if I could magically wave a magic wand for you and make things happen, I would give you not just a couple hours a week, but I would give you a couple hours a day where you're away from your kids. Um, you're with your fiance now. I want you to have this conversation about this because I know that in our country, we're radically undersupported as parents. And it's incredibly hard. Like if you were somewhere else, it might be a different story. But um, you taking care of yourself, you having something that fills your heart just outside of parenting, something that you, things that you do just for you, having time every day to go for a walk out in nature to like just, you know, at least take 30 minutes and get out of the house and get away from these kids and whatever. Like, this is vital for you to be able to be that that grounded parent that you want to be, to be able to choose how you want to respond, right? Like, everything we've been talking about is about you choosing how do you want to respond. You're not going to be able to do that if your stress levels are making it so that you're reactive, right? Right. Um, yeah. I've never thought about it like that. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, so I do talks or I've done talks like internationally around the country about how to stop yelling at your kids. And the one thing I tell people is that you reducing your overall stress is actually the best, maybe the number one best thing you can do to be less reactive for your kids because your stress is is basically the same as like your stress response, right? You're feeling these low levels of fight, flight or freeze. And so then it doesn't take much to just tip you over the edge. Yeah, but if you're at ease, if you're, you know, relatively relaxed and at ease, think about it. You're a much better parent then, aren't you? Yeah, I I realized that because there are times where, like, I respond to a situation with the kids and, I, like, I'll surprise myself and I'll, like, like, look, be, like, in the inside of me, but, like, looking at the situation and I'm like, well, you did a good job. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And you'll do that more and more if you have regular steady breaks. You don't have okay. to do if you at all can manage it. And I know life circumstances can be challenging. Try to. This is the most intensive time when you have the the one year old and three year old outside of school, like get, you know, get more support if you can. I feel like that's probably a good idea. Like if I can get a walk in. um Maybe when my fiance gets home from work or like maybe even after they go to bed, like, yeah, get a little yeah, walk right. in. He gets home from work. Hey, babe, tag out. Bye. That sounds like a great idea, right? Like, don't you think yeah. he'll come back so much like nicer? Yes. Yes. One of the things I've realized that really does help me is waking up like 30, 45 minutes before any mm -hmm. up. 
And I feel like I can just like sit there and like drink my coffee or like get a little bit of reading done. And then when they wake up, I'm like, oh, hey, you know, and I'm excited to see them. But then when I don't have that time, I realize that like I'm like short tempered and like on edge because I just need like I need to process the day. Yeah. Before, yeah. Being, you know, have all these other people coming at me. Mm-hmm. That your intentions. Yeah. Okay. Well, Brandy, we have talked about your six-year-old and your three-year-old cleaning up the playroom and also taking care of yourself and having some some bandwidth to deal with all of this and to just take care of yourself because you're worthy of that. Um, what for you are your biggest takeaways from talking today? Um, just reducing the clutter, which is important and, um, responding to them differently and using the I message instead of a broader message. Um, and I really liked the empathetic response that you were telling me, like, when he's having like big feelings like respond differently and you know like say okay I see that you're feeling frustrated and I I honestly feel like that would work because like I like when people talk to me like that like oh I I can see that you're mad you know because then it's like okay thank you yeah you know I feel like (laughs) well I be mad right (laughs) yeah yeah good 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 any takeaways about this last part of the conversation, too? Oh, yes. Um, definitely, definitely going to get some more me time and uh, try to get it in every day to where, like, I can have 30 minutes to myself and take walks. I feel like that would be good for me. Yes. 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 Good. Yay, Brandy. Thank you so much for, for sharing your family and your story and everything with us here. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please share it with one person today. Just pick one person and say, check this out and and they might like it. And that's the best thing you can do. And yeah, if you have feedback, let me know. You can find me on Instagram at mindfulmamamentor. And that's what I got for you this week, my friend. Uh, Know that you can listen to all the podcasts ad-free as a Podcast Plus supporter. You can go to mindfulmamamentor.com and become a Podcast Plus supporter. And yeah, that's what we got. I hope you're enjoying your week. I hope you don't have too much stress. I, I hope the the fairies, all the fairies and the gods and, and the the universe will rain down love and joy and more support in your life so that you can have more ease and peace. And anyway, just make that your North Star, the ease and the peace part, right? Make that your North Star. So when you have a point of choice, you can choose that. Maybe say no to something and say yes to yourself. That's what I wish for you this week. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, this is going to be incredible 2024. We've got Mindful Parenting Live coming up. Uh, so much is happening. Make sure you know, you're on the mailing list so you hear all about it. Because uh, we don't share everything in the podcast. So make sure you're on the mailing list. 
at mindfulmamamentor.com. And yeah, um, wishing you all those things, those ease, those support, all that. And um, I can't wait to connect with you again next week. Thank you so much for listening. Namaste. I'd say definitely do it. It's really helpful. It will change your relationship with your kids for the better. It will help you communicate better. And just, I'd say communicate better as a person, as a wife, as a spouse. It's been really a positive influence in our lives. So definitely do it. I'd say definitely do it. It's so worth it. The money really is inconsequential when you get so much benefit from being a better parent to your children and feeling like you're connecting more with them and not feeling like you're yelling all the time or you're like, why isn't things working? I would say definitely do it. It's so, so worth it. It'll change you. No matter what age someone's child is, it's a great opportunity for personal growth and it's a great investment in someone's family. I'm very thankful I had this. You can continue in your old habits that aren't working or you can learn some new tools and gain some perspective to shift everything in your parenting. Are you frustrated by parenting? Do you listen to the experts and try all the tips and strategies, but you're just not seeing the results that you want? Or are you lost as to where to start? Does it all seem so overwhelming with too much to learn? Are you yearning for a community of people who get it? who also don't want to threaten and punish to create cooperation? Hi, I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and if you answered yes to any of these questions, I want you to seriously consider the Mindful Parenting membership. You'll be joining hundreds of members who have discovered the path of mindful parenting and now have confidence and clarity in their parenting. This isn't just another parenting class. This is an opportunity to really discover your unique, lasting relationship with your children, but with yourself. It will translate into lasting, connected relationships, not only with your children, but your partner too. Let me change your life. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com to add your name to the wait list, so you will be the first to be notified when I open the membership for enrollment. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. mindfulparentingcourse.com Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.